Hello and welcome to Marriage and Money, a weekly podcast brought to you by the seemingly incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name's David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined once again by my smoking hot spender of a wife, Heather. Hey, hey Heather. Hello. <laughs> it's good to be back again and doing this. Um, you know, we we had uh, we did our first episode last week, but one of the things that I think we missed uh, really talking about in, in greater detail was providing our audience with with some additional background on who we are, why we're doing this podcast, and kind of what what they can expect to get out of it. Right? I think that's that'll be an important thing to share with everyone. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping we can open up here just by doing introductions. And rather than just doing in- introductions of ourselves, I thought it might be more fun if we could introduce the other person. Does that sound good? Sounds fun to me. <laughs> now, be nice. <laughs> of course. Um, all right. So w- w- could, may I start by introducing you? Oh, yes. Please. And introducing. Please. So I, I want to have enough time. <laughs> I'll try to keep it brief. I have a lot of great things to say. Um, but the, the idea here, again, is to introduce a little bit about who you are as, as a person, but then also um, a little bit of your, your background and, and your approach to money, I believe. So that's really what I, because this is a money podcast and a marriage podcast, I, I think those are some great places to start. So first of all, um, Heather is originally from Iowa, uh, the Des Moines area, but then grew up, moved, grew up in uh, Nebraska, a uh, small town in Nebraska. And uh, and I, I think it comes from a family that um, seemed to to have the the the, the upper middle class dream. So uh, life, uh, life in a, in a nice house, uh, went out members of a country club, um, had seemed, her parents never really said no to anything. She had all the great toys that she wanted, um, wonderful vacations. Uh, if, if she needed something or wanted something, she had a way to get it. Um, she was given a car for, uh, for her 16th birthday, had uh, didn't have to have to worry about who was going to pay for insurance or gas or anything like that. That was all all her parents. Um, she also was was uh, able to go to college on on a scholarship and uh, didn't have to worry so much about working to 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 make ends meet through college or or at any point through that. Now all that said, I know I'm making her sound very spoiled and she did have a charmed <laughs> life. <laughs> Come on now. But but she's also a very hard worker and so she she studied hard through college, she studied hard through 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 high school, valedictorian um of her senior class. And uh, so I, I highly respect the, her work ethic, uh, her ability to make things happen for herself and, uh, you know, not not taking things for granted, even though um, she easily could. And uh, so I highly respect that. And but I, I think that 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 upbringing and that approach has given her a different perspective on finances than myself in that uh, she she is able to to live in the moment more uh, more than I am able to just naturally she's able to to go out and experience and and love life to its fullest and maybe not think so much about where is that 
what, where is that next uh, dollar going to come from or, or any, any of those concerns. And uh, anyway, I'm a short introduction. I would love to have you more, add a little bit more onto that, Heather, um, add a little bit of context, but uh, I, I thought that would be just a, a great perspective for the context of this podcast so that people know where you're coming from, from a financial history standpoint. Yeah, no, I think I think you summed it up pretty good. I think my, you know, we I, I did have, uh, you know, I didn't want for much and uh, was was very fortunate as a child and and as a result, you know, my parents really wanted to give me a lot of experiences. My dad, particularly, always wanted to you know teach me to have a variety of life. You know, try new restaurants, try new things, and you know we had the money to be able to do that. You know, my mom really took care of us. Um, on, you know, took care of the whole household and made sure, you know, we planned fun vacations for us. So, um, yeah, it was a, you know, it was a great, great time growing up. And, um, however, you know, my dad's a CPA, I became a CPA. So, you know, we've got this, this history of kind of finance nerds in the family, um, that like to spend. So, you know, that we like to spend, we work hard, <laughs> had to learn how to work hard so we could play hard. And that you do, you do a very good <laughs> job of that. You, you, you definitely excel in that area. <laughs> All right. So is it my turn now? Oh, okay. I'll brace myself a little All bit. All right. Well, let me introduce you to my favorite saver and actually my favorite person on this planet, Sir David Prale. Oh, my goodness. So, Mr. Prail is also a child of the Midwest, uh, born in Wisconsin, lived in South Dakota, but spent most of his life in Minnesota, the northern state. So, he, uh, you know, it was just him and his sister and his mom and dad, so small, relatively small family like mine. Um, had a little bit of a different upbringing mind didn't, uh, as me. Uh, had a, you know, maybe struggled a little bit more with money. Um, didn't always, uh, you know, have, have a lot of money, but they were very... Um, frugal with what they did have and very respectful of it. Um, you know, his mom made a lot of his clothes. So, you know, homemade clothes or like secondhand clothes, hand-me-downs from people. Um, they, you know, he worked, worked, had jobs pretty much for most of his life as soon as he could mow lawns and doing things like, uh, you know, that he was out working and providing, you know, he, he knew from a very early age that he was going to have to pay for his own college and college was something he wanted to do. And so, that was something he was constantly thinking about having, putting money away and saving. His parents did a great job teaching him, you know, building that saving mentality because he was able to, you know, go to school, have a little bit of a different college experience, maybe living at home for a lot of it um, to save money and working through school, but was able to get out with, you know, debt free and not have, you know, racking up gobs of, of bills, which was great. Um, but in part of the saving, he did kind of learn also how to live very frugally. So when I met David, uh, well, when we started dating, he owned his own home, uh, which was very responsible. Uh, but he would keep it at 55 degrees um, in the winter. So he would literally be wearing a winter jacket and sleeping with a space heater in his room um, in the winter. He never ate out. All of his furniture was given to him. Um, he never bought clothes. It was all gifts from his mom and sister who dressed him. So thank you ladies until I came into his life. Um, he always drove with the cruise control on to save gas, even on like 35 mile an hour roads that normally you and I would probably not put the cruise control on, but he would. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's kind of his whole life. And I think the most interesting thing. So, I mean, David is, you learn a lot about his personality, but he is a bit of a nerd. So, 
you know, he got his degree in computer science and he works in IT. He's really techie, which is super helpful for those of you that are single out there. I recommend that you find um, a techie, a computer nerd, um, a girl or guy to marry. Um, and I know you're saying, okay, wait, well, that doesn't make him nerdy. I get it. I get it. I, I agree. Um, but I'm not done. His biggest goal in life and obsession and hobby is owning a DeLorean. So for those of you who don't know what a DeLorean was, which was me before I met him, it's the stainless steel car made in the early 80s that was made popular by being used as a time machine in the 1980s movies and Back to the Future series. I know, shocking. So everything, so yes, that is where I get him making him a little bit of nerdy. I love you, but you gotta admit. (laughs) Um, But anyway, a lot of his adults ever after being a kid was, hey, I want to save up for this one thing. Um, So saving for college and then saving for a DeLorean and making sure he had a garage to store it in. So a lot of like what his growing up and his thoughts of money have been about, you know, saving for those big, big items and and doing everything he can to get those goals. So I don't know. Did I... Do an okay job summarizing? Uh, 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 pretty good. A couple <laughs> corrections, of course. One, a, a DeLorean isn't nerdy. It's cool. All the all the cool people drive DeLoreans. Um, it, yeah, I, I think that's going to be, uh, that's evident to anyone listening. Oh, and if you don't know the car, Google it and you will agree. It's just it's cool. It's not nerdy. It's totally cool. Um, and, and then, and then I just want to be, be clear, like, it was yes. I was I was always thinking about um, where does that? How do I avoid spending that next dollar? And um, and it did come from a lot of of sacrifice. I think as a as a kid and um, just the lifestyle I had as a kid. But overall, I I would say I've had a very happy life um, and and did have have a good life. Uh, but it was uh, just different. I think it was very different, a different approach than um, Heather's for sure. Uh, so I think that that's the main thing we really wanted to drive here with these introductions was to illustrate, uh, you know, we're coming at that life from, a, from different perspectives. And I think many of you are coming at life and at money for, with a different perspective than your spouse. And I think you can, you can see that these two different approaches to money, um, no doubt could clash as you become a couple and as you get into a marriage. And uh, I don't know if, Heather, if you've noticed that at all, but. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your background, right. And what you were raised and how you were raised. That's, that's where you first learn about money is by seeing what your parents do and in your own experiences. And so, yeah, obviously everybody has their different situations and some are very different and some are more similar. So in our situation, I think it was, quite different, which has, you know, caused us to have to do a lot more communication and setting expectations as we work through our financial situation. Yeah. So our, our, our journey as a couple has, has changed, I'd say a fair amount over the 13 years we've been married. Right. So we're, we've been married, we got married in, uh, 2007. Uh, we have no kids, so it's just the two of us. We have plenty of nieces and nephews though, between nieces and nephews, we've got five, uh, five kids to uh, invest ourselves into, to which, love and spoil, and lo- <laughs> exactly, and then hand them back to their parents. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> G- give them annoying toys that make a lot of noise, and 
uh, yeah, and, and spoil them rotten. So hopefully we're, we're doing that or at least partially doing that <laughs> on our way there. Um, yeah, it, there are a lot of similarities for us, though, as well. Like Heather said, we're both from the Midwest, but but our journey through money has has been different. Um, so we, we started out, I think, very, on opposite ends of the spectrum with me as a, a very hardcore saver with that 55 degree temperature in my house and Heather as the person that never thought about the cost of anything, um, just thought about what do I want? I'm just going to go buy that and I, I don't care about the sale. I don't care about if there's a cheaper way to get it. I just want to get it. So very different approaches to things. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. How would you describe that journey? Where, where do you think we are today versus where yeah. we were? Well, I think also, we you know, there? we were a little bit older when we got married. So we both had been out on our own for a while. We each owned our own home. We'd been used to managing our finances and our lives without anybody else's opinion or doing it on our own. So I think that's also different is that we had that time kind of on our own to really kind of get set on right. how and we by operate. A little bit older, you mean late 20s. We, we were in our late 20s at the time, right? Right, yep. right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we started out there. There are, it's not like we didn't have anything. Like neither of us really liked debt, but we had different views. Like, um, you know, I had a small car loan, which David would never borrow money for a car, but David had a small personal loan. But neither of us had a lot of debt or didn't really love debt, but thought of it a little bit different. You know, David David used a credit card pretty much only, and I hated credit cards. I hated getting that monstrous <laughs> bill and being like, oh, my goodness. So I kind of lived on a cash basis. Yeah, at the time, um, I thought, I thought, oh, it's a credit card's no big deal. I'll put everything on my credit card because I always, pay it off. I always pay it off at the end of the month. It's so much easier to pay one bill than it is to pay 40 bills throughout the month, you know, as I go through life. Yeah. And we, you know, we were both saving, we were both contributing to our 401ks. I had saved a smaller amount, but you know, we were both, we were both doing that, you know, and like I said, owned houses. So there were some, you know, things that we came into the marriage similar, but I think when you start operating, right, you start to see where, <laughs> where the stress and where the problems came. And, you know, when we first got married, I think there was, there was a, you know, a lot of arguments early on about money and, and, and kind of spending and saving and, and we, and we knew it. I mean, obviously, we had done some, we'd done a, a pre, pre-engagement counseling where we took a marriage test and we were ranked really similar on everything except money. We were like polar opposites. And so, which wasn't a shock to us at the time, but it really kind of highlighted that this is an area we need to spend some time on setting expectations. Exactly. Yeah. It. it and I think we, what happened over time was we, we started having conversations about about those expectations, setting those expectations, where are we, where are we going? And, and I think that started to bridge the gap for for us. So we, as we, we went through, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of arguments. Um, There were times where um, one of us uh, felt like, maybe felt like we were being controlled. One of us felt like we were having our, 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 uh, privacy taken away from us maybe or our our ability to take to um to to do things taken away from us there were definitely ups and downs i as as we went um but but yeah i i think what's what's been important though on this journey is that we've found ways to have conversations about it now that's not to say we still 
we still have have plenty of conversations about money. We still struggle with it, but for sure. And uh, but but that doesn't mean that we we aren't talking about it. I think the big thing that we we do now that we didn't do when we first got married is that we're, we talk about money on a regular basis, um, and so much so that we we have formal formal budget meetings um, every month. And and then talk about it throughout the month. In addition to that, so it's it's something that's been become a become a part of our marriage, and I, I think that's what makes me so excited to talk about this uh, to, to have this podcast as well, and to have this, these conversations with you. Yeah, I think I think when we started, and this is still true today, is that I felt kind of controlled, right? And you you felt that we were out of control. Um, and so that we were spending, right? So we, again, it came back to the expectations and communicating. For us, you know, David recommended that we take the Dave Ramsey course, Financial Peace University, and we enlisted in that. And I was like, all right, I'll sign up for the length of the class. I'll do it for the eight weeks or whatever it is, and then we can move forward. And, you know, we, we, we tried it. We cut up our credit cards. We started using cash. And we even, like David said, we started doing a monthly budget gasp, something I would never have done. Um, but really as we started, it, it's all about communication and talking about it. And I think that really took the stress away from David, not knowing where all the money was going because we were talking mm-hmm. about it and he was aware and planning for it. And, and, um, I felt I had more freedom to spend because I wasn't feeling like everything was being looked at or examined. And even to the point where David would suggest going out to dinner, which never happened prior to that. So I, yeah, don't know, I know that sounds a like a small, word, but it, it sounds like a little thing to a lot. Most people I know, Oh, we're just going out for dinner tonight or let's, let's order takeout. Um, and that people do that without even thinking to me, that was a huge deal where if I went out to eat in a month, that would be unusual. And uh, so, it, it, and, and part of it was, was just wanting to make sure that um, yeah, wanting to make sure that we, the budget wasn't going off track. So, so why are we doing this this podcast? Um, well, we, we went to a, a marriage retreat. So Heather has talked just about, or I think we both have mentioned, we, we have had much better dialogue uh, around money and other things in the in the past couple of years. And we thought one of the one of the things we could do to to grow even closer together would be to go to a marriage conference. And so we did that um, about two years ago or so. And one of the sessions was on managing finances. And in that we we learned um, just from a, a raise of hands, how many people in the room uh, were struggling with their spouse over financial issues. And it and then when we started to hear stories that were being told, we were hearing, oh, that's that's the story, same story we had, and we've been through all this. And not that we've arrived, not that we've got it all figured out, but we're a lot further on the path, we think, or at least a couple steps further down the path than some of the people here. And I bet um, that others might be interested in hearing how we've worked through some of these issues, things that have worked for us, um, and maybe they would work for others. And uh, and if nothing else, maybe just have a good time listening to uh, some of the, the, the banter of, <laughs> <laughs> of us arguing about our different points of view over money. Um, and, and so that's kind of how we got to where we are. Yeah, I mean, I think most people have heard that you know, money is one of the top reasons for divorces. I don't know if it's number one or two or three or whatever, but it's up there. And and I even, you know, I remember as a kid, my parents fighting about money and, um, 
you know, now that we're married, we, you know, we were going through it. We've had friends struggle with it. And so like David said, we've, we've come a long way. We've talked through things. We've worked through things. We've helped others and um, we don't have it all figured out. We're still learning, but you know, we hope we can help others and you guys can help us as we go along the journey as well. So, and it's something we enjoy talking about together and spending time. So why not do it on a podcast? <laughs> so each week uh, we thought we'd talk about, you know, a new story or a topic um, to bring to you guys and, and, and open the conversation. So um, today we're going to talk about an article that we found and it was the most Googled topics by state around money. So most Googled money topics by state. Um, so we thought this a little bit interesting. So you heard we're from the Midwest. So, you know, we've lived in several states in the Midwest and we also spent some time out in California and I've lived in New York for a little bit. So we've kind of spent a little been around a bit in the United States. So we thought this would be kind of interesting to, to, to look at these, the different topics of the different areas of the country and what, what's on people's mind. So, um, what did you, what did you notice on this, David? I guess starting off with like where we lived, right? So for me, I noticed that, so I'm born in Iowa, right? So in Iowa, all you Iowans out there, um, the topic was how to budget, which I think is very interesting because I was born in Iowa. I never used a budget. I was proud <laughs> to not ever use a budget until I married David. So you know how to get it. I get it. I'm not surprised that people <laughs> want to learn how to budget in Iowa because it's definitely though, something I didn't you know. you didn't want to budget. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So it's okay for everybody else, but not, not for you in Iowa. <laughs> well, I'm glad it. that they're progressing. Maybe that's what, what, what I'm learning is they, they, they're moving, moving along. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, Heather mentioned that I was born in Wisconsin. I was there for a couple months. Um, so I really, so you remember a lot about I, it. Yeah. I can't really add a lot of context <laughs> there. Um, the, the most Googled term there was credit union. Um, and I have no qualms with credit unions. <laughs> credit unions seem fine. Used to belong to credit unions? No, I don't really have any comments about Wisconsin and credit unions. I don't really know um, the, the fit there. Similarly with South Dakota, I lived in South Dakota for about five years. Um, and the term there was was auto loan. Um, the, the one thing I would just say is don't get an auto loan. <laughs> Never, never, uh, never take out a loan on a depreciating asset. I feel like that's a, just a terrible idea. I, I don't take out a loan when I buy a new TV um, because it's going to be worth uh, basically nothing the, the day after I buy it. So <laughs> don't don't take out a loan on a car. So I noticed there were a couple other states that had topics about cars. So New Hampshire also did car loans, but. New Jersey, they were about the car lease. David, you have an opinion about the car lease situation. Is that better than the car <laughs> oh, loan? Oh gosh. Oh <laughs> man, I would say I would say the car lease is worse than the car loan. Yes, it's not a loan, and uh, it's it's not it's not technically debt, but but you're you're base you're renting a car, and 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 then you you end up with nothing or you end up with you you have the opportunity to pay more for than the car is worth at the end of the lease and uh you've yeah but you can get a new car every every oh 3 years gosh. david oh gosh yeah i know oh well it's less than i'd be paying that payment anyway when i buy my new car yeah if you had a car loan you'd be paying that payment which you shouldn't have to begin with and you're <laughs> getting screwed over um uh, yeah uh, not a moving, fan of car loans. Moving releases. on. <laughs> moving on. Sorry. So Nebraska, which is where I spent a lot of my formidable years, um, the topic was paycheck. 
So I guess I'm a little con- confused about that. So I'd love to understand a little bit more about that. You know, is the question, you know, what is a paycheck? How do I get a paycheck? <laughs> like, what? Where do you think they were going with that? So it was just paycheck? Is that all it was? Just paycheck? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm not really sure what to take with that. I mean, I guess that's a money topic. It, it I guess is. it's a good thing. I mean, paychecks, I'm thumbs up. I'm pro paycheck. I, I am all about paychecks. You know, that's where the money journey starts. You have to start with the income. That's the biggest, you know, part of the equation. So, Agreed. you know, I get it. I just uh, wish I understood a little bit more of that. I'll so. take another paycheck. <laughs> And then, of course, our state, which we call home, really, uh, Minnesota, which I would say not surprising had to do with taxes, uh, particularly property taxes, which, you know, Minnesota is a fairly highly taxed state. I think Illinois also had property tax. Um, I know that's a favorite bill of yours to pay every year. Minnesota Minnesota is the fourth highest tax state in the U.S. uh, behind California, Hawaii, and Oregon. So we've got some, we can move up is what you're saying. There's room to... (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm saying is, is that Minnesota has, is an overachiever when it comes to taxes. (laughs) Being in the top four taxed states is not something to be proud of. And so naturally, you know, property tax is something you can kind of control based on what house you buy. So, I mean, when we bought a house in Minnesota, it was something we were looking closely at, right? Is what's the property tax on this house? Obviously, because um, that's going to be a big part of the taxes that we pay every year. So uh, yeah, totally understand that one. So moving out to our West Coast state where you loved living, California. I loved California. Uh, So the topic here was cryptocurrency, which of course it was, right? What other state would have that as a topic? Silicon Valley's out there, right? (laughs) Well, and and it's fitting also since I was mining cryptocurrency while we lived in California. That's a good point. I I did, did that, you know, in the early Bitcoin days, 2012 to 2013. Unfortunately, I sold before it blew up. I probably got out a little early. So you haven't retired. You weren't able to retire. I was definitely (laughs) not able to retire. Um, Yeah, I I think I was able to make a mortgage payment with it, and that was about it. (laughs) I was happy. I remember I was happy. I mean, Hawaii is pretty advanced too. They also had Bitcoin, more a little bit more, you know, specific. But they also had a cryptocurrency, which was shows they're pretty advanced as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting list. It kind of gave a little insight into what each of those, what the majority of people were thinking in those states. I I noticed a couple interesting themes. Um, One of the biggest things that I noticed was that uh, of the 50 states, 20 were searches about debt. It was right. The most common heavy debt. That was definitely the the, 20 were about debt. And then to my count, only seven were about saving. And so that that tells me people are thinking more about either going into debt or getting out of debt than they are about building wealth or or thinking about their future. And to me, that's a big red flag. I, I don't know. It, it Debt's stressful. So no doubt this is causing stress for people. It's holding people back um, because it gives it, it's another payment. And I don't know. It, it's you don't search about things you're not you're not concerned about, right? Yeah, I would say that you know on the debt topics, like it was kind of split though. Some of them were about getting in debt, and four of them were about getting out of debt, right? Sure. So to your point, I mean, it's a it's it's a lot easier to get into debt than to get out of it, right? But um, you know, hopefully, 
they're learning from those states of get how to get out of it. Right, right. And, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking about you, you you give a good point that not all of them were thinking about get, getting into debt, um, but I do I still think that most people are not thinking as proactively they sh- as they should. They're th- they're they're getting into debt and then they're worrying about how to get out. If if more people right. were to be focused on um, on debt upfront before they got into debt. Um, I think that would be a, a, a better approach. I mean, the best way to pay off debt is to not get into debt in the first place. Right. Uh, second best, of course, is to not add to it. Don't get another car loan. Don't don't get another mortgage. Don't do all these things. Right. Um, but so I'm not sure if you lumped the states that talked about credit in with debt, but there was there was four states that had something to do with credit. Right. And I thought it was interesting that, of course, Texas's topic was. Um, best credit card. I mean, Texas is like, you know, nothing but the best for Texans, right? Biggest, it wasn't just credit card. It was best credit card out there. So I thought that was, <laughs> I'm not sure if that was part of your debt, but uh, I did notice yeah. there was a lot about credit and getting credit. Yes. Yes. Well, if you're, if you're going to go into debt, you might as well go into debt in the best possible way. Right. Right. I only want to owe money to the best people. <laughs> <laughs> I want the best people coming after my house and my car. Exactly. <laughs> I did think though on the debt, there was only one state, which was North Dakota, that called out student loans, which I was surprised that there wasn't more that talked about that with that being like one of the largest debts out there, right? Like just the student debt, you know, just continues to grow and get so big. Like I was surprised that that wasn't, wasn't called out more, but I mean. Right. Yeah. No, student loans. I And maybe that's just because the, the, the process for taking out a student loan is so streamlined. I, I, colleges will are designed to give students debt. Um, I, I, you know, my, granted, my, my knowledge is uh, quite a bit older, but um, when I went to college, one of the first things they did in our uh, orientation was they walked us through how do you apply for student loans? How do you go about doing this? I mean, it's in the college's best interest that I take out a big loan so I can continue paying them. So um, they made it very easy so that I didn't have to do any research on my own to figure out how to take out debt. <laughs> um, thankfully, I avoided doing that, but it was kind of the default. Yeah. You don't need to search. <laughs> The two states I think that scared me the most on this list, um, I feel bad for these states. Uh, Louisiana, it was payday loan, which is very scary. Yes. And then Delaware, the topic was bankruptcy. I don't know what's going on in the state of Delaware, but I'm feeling a little bad for yeah. for, our, for folks there. Um, so those were a little concerning to me. On the other side of the coin, though, I would like to state where I would like to move is Tennessee, their topic was extra income. Now that must be really nice. <laughs> I think that some people in Delaware could maybe learn from the people in Tennessee I, about I how probably, to get some extra income. I could probably income. learn something from the people in Tennessee. That would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, I, I was also thinking when you mentioned the thing about bankruptcy in Delaware, this is getting a little bit deep, but do do a lot of corporations uh, headquarter yeah. in Delaware? But this was on personal. I thought of that okay. too because okay. you write a lot of corporations, but this was personal finances. But maybe it was gripping in the corporations. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of corporations headquarter there for tax purposes, but or maybe it's family corporations. Sure. You know, maybe it's so. Maybe so that I, was part I, yeah, of maybe it. it's linked to that. Maybe not. But you're right. It's personal. Personal. So nice. Okay. 
All right. So also each episode, we want to make sure that the, you continue the conversation. So we're going to try to have a take home topic for you to go home and continue the conversation with your spouse or your significant other. So this week, the question is, um, so this was the top Googled question. So the question this week then is, what is your number one question about money? If Ooh. you were to Google a topic about like personal this. finances, what would you be Googling, David? May I answer? Yes. Excellent. I'm very okay. curious. I have no idea what you're going to say. <laughs> well, you're where, pro- to, where to buy jewelry for my wife? <laughs> you're probably not going to be surprised by my question because um, it's right in line with me being the saver that I am. But um, the big question that I think I've had pretty much all my life is how much is enough? And we've certainly talked about this at some point. I think I have my my personal answer. And I know as a couple, we're on track um, to reach that goal. Um, but at the same time, how do I know that I'm right, that that's the right number? And and then secondly, if I do have that confidence, how does my life change as a result of that confidence? Very good. So my question was... Are we not going to talk about oh, my question? Well, here's why I don't want to talk about it. I had the exact same question, which... <laughs> Like, seriously, honest to goodness, we did not talk about this at a time. I did not know what you were going to say, but I basically had that same question, too, is how much do I need to retire? Um, You know, you put it a lot more eloquently than I did, but that was kind of, I mean, maybe that's because that's where was kind of top of mind for us and what we've been working towards, but. um, Right, right. Yeah, certainly. Okay, well, that's. (laughs) <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, that's good. But well, I also put out there that I would also say, how do I get my husband to spend more money? But that was more of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something we can work up to. And and to be fair, you have to give me credit. I, I don't I keep the house at 55 anymore. No, thank you. And just today, <laughs> I was on board with you buying furniture. You, bought, you ordered some furniture online. Which, P.S., was in the budget, and I stayed... Fairly close to what the budget was. Again, yes. But, so we talked but about a, it. This is a perfect example of how being in the budget helps get my head in the right spot. That's right. Um, but anyway, and it shows that the nice thing about the budget is that it, it, it also says, yes, we're still on track to meet our goals if we make this purchase and continue to work towards our goals. So, but around around this um, conversation, so I, I think... I, the the point of asking this to each other here as well is to to have this conversation of how do we know how much is enough then right um well i mean we've 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 done some math and we've kind of looked at like what we what we make and what we expect to spend what we want to spend right in our retirement and we've kind of backed into a number that gets us to a comfortable place um so we've we've looked at we've looked at what our our current income is. We've yeah, looked in at future what, dollars. What inflation will be, and so we've looked at wh- how do we maintain our current income um, in future dollars for an extended period of time. If we were to look at at thirty to forty years, right? What, what does that look like, and is that sustainable? And and maybe the answer is we don't need to spend that kind of money, the, the the current money we're making now. Like right now, we're saving money, right? So we're not we're not spending our entire income. So maybe we don't need our entire income. Um, but maybe we're going to do more traveling. Maybe we're going to 
Right. I mean, hopefully, since we're not working, right, we're able to, you know, we're probably spending more money because I think I get in trouble when I'm on vacation because I end up spending money when I'm not working. So, um, you know, you are going to be spending and you're not going to be bringing anything in. So there is going to be an increase of that. So even though. Uh, so you may need that full full. So income. when every day is a weekend, how much right. do you spend on the every exactly. average weekend? Plus, and, yeah, they say the last couple of years of your life are your most expensive, right? When you probably right. have to enter a nursing home and things, so you have to be prepared for that as well. So, you know, we've tried to look at all of those pieces and come up with what we think, and that's what we're working towards. But yeah, so I, I guess the the answer here is we don't have a good 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 answer universally to anyone. There isn't a dollar number we could give someone. No. Um, but the Everybody's important piece is that there is no single right number, um, at least in my mind. There's no single right number. But if you can have the confidence through that budget that you're on track to to hit the goal, taking into account in things like inflation, your standard of living that, that, that you that you want to have in retirement. Um, I think that gives you confidence then to be able to do things like buy that that nice chair <laughs> or that you want, that nice chair and that nice rug for the living room that you want, or uh, to go on that vacation or to to do those things. Uh, that, or to that get that sporty to. DeLorean that you've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more of a longer term goal than a monthly budget goal. Uh, but yes, you can get those nice parts for the DeLorean or, or whatever they might be. So, yeah, I, I think that's good. So. All right. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for, uh, for for listening today. I think that about sums it up for us. Um, remember to tune in again next week when we will come back at you with another topic. Uh, look forward to uh, meeting with you then. And whether you're a, a spender or a saver, remember that you can go and live your best financial life and that it lies somewhere in the middle. So have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you later.